Hey guys, on this episode of the Sam Mays Podcast, I had a chance to sit down with the associate head coach of the Oakland State Cowboys, Casey Dunn, at Bad Brad's in Stillwater. We talked a lot about this 2021-2022 season, the Fiesta Bowl, what it means to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy, and much, much more. So we hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, go Pokes. Elton John is coming to OKC in one week, but tickets are expensive. The great news is Totally Tickets can save you 5 to 15% over other online retailers and provide better service. If you're shopping, you have to give them a shot to earn your business. From the time you purchase until your butt's in the seat, Totally Tickets has your back. So save money and ditch the concerns of buying online. Visit TotallyTickets.com. Are you in the market for a new home? Ryan Broyles Real Estate has tons of options in both OKC and Norman, like a listing I just saw for a brand new three-bedroom, two-bathroom home with an additional living space, featuring a spacious open layout with a kitchen island, corner pantry, and stainless steel appliances, including a gas five-burner range. The living room has a stunning fireplace in the center of the room, and the additional living room has charming sliding barn doors. Don't forget the master suite, complete with vaulted tray ceiling, garden tub, luxurious walk-in doorless shower, and a huge master closet. Call Ryan Broyles Real Estate today to make this home yours, and look for the link to this home in the description of the podcast. Let out the beast. Let him out. All right, here we go. Let's just jump into it. Okay. Sam Mays here, live at uh, Bad Brad's Barbecue, and we are with the associate head coach and offensive coordinator of the Oklahoma State Cowboys, Casey Dunn. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Go Pokes. Go Thanks, Pokes. Sam. Thank you so much for your time today. I you know, got a call from Vernon, our, our good friend here at Bad Brad's, and he said, Do you, would you like to interview Coach Dunn? And I thought, are you out of your mind? Of course <laughs> I want to interview Coach Dunn, coming off of one of the most incredible seasons that Oklahoma State has ever had, probably the best season that Oklahoma State has ever had with a Fiesta Bowl win over Notre Dame that was exceptional in every single way. I was so happy to be able to take my family out to yeah. out to Arizona to take it in, my kiddos with their eye black on. And, you know, it was just awesome. I mean, I don't even know where to get started. Really, just, you know, how are you coming off of this year? And just the excitement surrounding the program has been unbelievable. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, all the way going, going all the way back to last spring and just, you know, watching the kids battle all the way through spring ball, through the summer, rebound after the year before with COVID and everything else and just, you know, get everything on track. It was, it was awesome from, from A to Z and, uh, you know, to finish that thing, you know, obviously Baylor was a tough one for us, but, uh, to see them rebound, come back and, and get after in the Fiesta Bowl was priceless. And, and, uh, I think it set us up now for, for a great spring and a, you know, another good year coming up. So, uh, we've got some good leadership and looking forward to seeing those guys go to action here starting now. Everybody wants to talk about the Oklahoma State defense, and they were phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I went up to Stillwater for the TCU blackout, and I'm sitting in the stands because I can't control myself in the press yeah. box. And I remember looking at the TCU sideline about seven minutes into the game and thinking, they look helpless. Yeah. The defense <laughs> was strangling them, and I made the joke that they should put riding time up on the scoreboard <laughs> like a wrestling match, right. right? They were just unbelievable. But to me, I think the biggest story for Oklahoma State this year has been the offense. I'm an offensive guy, I'm an old offensive lineman, and I'm sitting there watching game two for you guys this year thinking, 
holy crap, what are they going to do with this group up front? What are they going to do to get Spencer more time? What are they going to do with this young receiving core? And sure enough, you found a way. Tell me, tell me about what that non-conference was like, and then what happened going into Boise State? Sure. It was like a light turned on. Yeah, well, you know, there's probably no bigger fan of our dark side than me. I mean, because those guys played lights out, you know, our defense all the way throughout the year. And that made our job on, on offense a little bit easier, um, especially early in the year when we had all those injuries and things like that. We got beat up pretty good. And, and I remember just going into one of the games, Boise State, I think, and, and I don't remember how many times we threw it, but it wasn't very many. And, um, but that was the game plan, too. We knew going in that, you know, as long as we could keep our defense from being – you know, on a short field all the time, we always had a chance. Um, and then eventually we would get guys back on the offensive line at receiver and then start to be able to move the ball and do what we want to do offensively. So um, hats off to, to our defense because they were fantastic in the beginning of the year and it gave us a chance to get ourselves healthy and back on track again. So, um, but it was fun. It was fun. You know, when you go all the way through the year like that, just saying, okay, hey, how do we get a win? Right. And try and piece that together from week to week. It was, you know, improvise, adapt, overcome um, from from week to week. And, uh, you know, the staff did a good job. Our kids did a great job on trying to implement and work that staff or work that game plan out. And then, uh, you know, obviously they did their part on defense and giving us a chance to, to do that. Absolutely. And so it all just kind of worked out. You know, it was complimentary football, and, and uh, Gundy was co- you know, completely on board with what we were trying to do and, and uh, you know, I'd love to go out there and throw for 400 and get 500 yards total offense and score 50 a game, but, you know, um, we weren't built like that in the beginning of the year. And and to be quite honest with you, the, the defenses in the Big 12 aren't necessarily giving you that anymore. You, no you can question. look across the board. No it's not question. just us. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, OU and everybody else. I mean, uh, nobody's really moving the football like that in the Big 12. Um so defenses have done their part in stepping up, and we were just, you know, fortunate that, like ours, um, we had a great one this year, and it gave us a chance to get back into it. Improvise, adapt, overcome. <laughs> I like that. That's a T-shirt right there. It is. It is. That's going to stick with me. You know, in regards to the, the offense, there were some key players that stuck out, no question. Uh, your, your transfer uh, running back, Warren, unbelievable, right? Phenomenal. Unbelievable. Great. Like, And when did you know with him that it was, oh, this is the guy? Probably game two, you know. Um, I would think it was probably the Tulsa game. You know, he, had, he got a handful of carries in the first game, um, but not enough to say, okay, he's the guy. Um, you know, and then LD got hurt, you know, right. along with everybody else it seemed like at that point. But uh, he jumped in. He did a great job. And uh, he made some people miss, you know, in that Tulsa game and gave us a chance to finish the series. You know, that's one thing that we were able to do, I thought, in the beginning of the year was finish games. Um, and not put our defense back out there again. We were able to finish a game in victory, and that was one thing we were trying to hang our hat on a little bit, you know, as, as a bright spot for us on the offensive side. Um, and he was certainly a key to that. You know, he'd run downhill, he'd hit you in the mouth. Absolutely. Um, our defense would always say, you know, uh, Joe Bob Clemson has done a great job, you know, with our defensive line, but he would tell us it hurts to tackle that guy. <laughs> right, yeah. You know? so, and you uh, can see it on the tape. It, yeah. You know? So Joe Bob would tell us on offense all the time, man, it hurts to tackle that guy, it hurts to tackle that guy. You know, so eventually we just, yeah, shit, let's just keep it, shoot, let's just keep handing him the ball. And, uh, and it worked out. I mean, he's physical. And I'll tell you what, you know, Jalen, as hard as he runs the ball, as, as, as tough as he is, I mean, he's great in protection. He's every bit of that off the field. You know, there's he's a low maintenance, easy going, and then all of a sudden he hits that field and it's on fire. And so there was probably no better guy to coach um, 
for this season for us. I mean, he was just phenomenal coming in as a transfer and being able to make the impact that he made so quickly. So the running game gets going. I, as a former offensive lineman, am thrilled about that. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about where the uh, where the team is headed. And then you just kind of watch Spencer Sanders weave and wind himself into the fabric of the offense, right? Like he he's not, you know, you don't watch him and think that kid is going. He's the greatest passer in the league by any means. You don't watch him and think he's the fastest guy in the league by any means. But I love football players, yeah. and that's what Spencer Sanders is. And I think as the team grew. His ability to impact the game grew with the team. And he was, I mean, outside of the Big 12 championship game, and look, you hate it for him because I think he's been so good this year. But, man, he really was the heartbeat of that offense, I feel like. Where where were you at? Yeah, as he went, we went, you know. Um, So if he was making great decisions, flipping the ball out, doing all those things, running the football, um, our offense seemed to just click along, you know. And obviously having Jalen out there was was a must. It was a huge, huge thing. But um, having Spencer out there controlling the game with the short passing game, taking a couple shots here and there, making great decisions. You know, this year I thought he made really good decisions for us throughout the season. Um, and, and, you know, there's a couple interceptions here and there, and I'm sure he wants them back too. But it comes with the business. I mean, we're going to throw the ball down the football field. I mean, that's who we want to be at Oklahoma State, and that's what we're going to do. Um, you know, so there's going to be a hiccup here and there. But to go 12 games, I mean, oh, my gosh. You know, it's fantastic, you know, and, and uh, he did a heck of a job putting all that together for us. Um, the best thing that I could say about Spencer is he's an unbelievable competitor. Right. Unbelievable. And you can see it. You can see yeah. it, you know, and, and if he has a great game, he's excited. If he has a bad game, he's crushed. I mean, it's just the kid just wears it, you know, and, and uh, he's, he's a – and he hates to lose. You know, we talk about that, you know, would you rather – do you love to win or hate to lose, you know, and he's certainly on the hate – hate to lose sight of that conversation or question. And, uh, you know, so that burns inside of him, you know. So when we lose a game like Baylor, you know, I mean, he really takes it personal. And, um, and that's a good thing. That's a heck of a trait because he – the resilience showed up in the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, that kid was on fire, wanted to get him the ball. You saw it, game – or play one. I mean, it was a designed quarterback run. I Absolutely. Mean, was, nobody else was going to touch that ball but him. And we wanted it that way, you know, obviously. And, uh, you know, that was a little spark for him. He loved it, and, and he went from there. So um, hats off to the kid. Great year. You know, so sitting in the stands is an interesting position to be in for someone like me who's – I've been around the game my whole life. I have a high football acumen. But I even – I don't know what's happening on your sidelines. I don't know what's happening in your headset. I don't know what advanced analytics that you're getting. I'm sitting there watching a Big 12 championship game. We know that there's a, a backup center in the game. You're looking at this – Six foot two, three hundred and fifty pounds. I know what that's like from experience, especially when you don't have somebody in there with the body to do anything with it. And fans are losing their mind. Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? And I'm sitting there watching the game, going, "They're doing what they can." How, I mean, I I don't know what it's like being on the sidelines, but you know, as you look at the opportunity in front of you, the Big Twelve Championship, a semifinal berth. Talk about it, man. How was it? Oh, it was good. It was a good experience, you know, and we learned a lot from it. Um, you know, we, we tried to get some of that worked into the next game, too, in the Fiesta Bowl, and, and it worked out for us, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, you know, you go back and you, and you analyze, you know, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, where do they match up against each opponent in, each, in every game. Um, you know, we needed to get that ball in the perimeter, and that's what we tried to do, you know. Um, they've got a heck of a, a defensive line in there at, at Baylor, and, and um, we felt like we could take advantage of some of the perimeter runs, and that's where we wanted to start, you know, start with. And, and uh, you know, it was unfortunate how it ended up being, um, you know, with, with the outcome. 
But when I look back at it and I look back at some of the, the plays and what happened and all those, it's just such a fine line in, in you know, this ball creasing here or bouncing outside or, or falling forward or another call or whatever. There's such a fine line when you play, when two great teams play against each other. Absolutely. You know, and, and you see it in the national championship game. You know, Alabama beat the brakes off Georgia, and then Georgia comes back and beat the brakes off Alabama. So when you have two equally matched teams, and the same thing happened to us. I mean, we beat Baylor earlier in the year and rang up a bunch of numbers on them, and, and, uh, and they came back and beat us. And actually, offensively, I think, you know, we outdid them. We just didn't finish it in the score zone. And, and there were just a couple small plays in there that would have made a huge difference. Absolutely. And it was unfortunate, but uh, I, I can't say enough of how proud I am on especially Spencer coming back on that final drive because there were some interceptions early that I know weigh on a quarterback's mind. To see him finish the game like that and Absolutely. take us 90 yards was Incredible. really impressive. You know, he didn't he didn't carry it with him on that final drive. I mean, the kid was on fire. You know, it's almost like it never happened the first three quarters, you know. Um, and then it didn't happen. Obviously, you saw him this way in the Fiesta Bowl. He didn't carry it there either. It was motivation for him. Right. But it didn't eat at him, and he didn't make bad decisions, you know. So, really, Spencer played fantastic. And, and I hate it for us on, um, in that Baylor game. I hate it. But uh, there are a lot of things that we learned from it. And moving forward, I think we're going to be better from it. You know, as, as far as the Fiesta Bowl is concerned, you get the opponent. It's the Notre Dame fighting, fighting Irish. As somebody that's from Northeastern Ohio, went to school with a bunch of Catholics, hey, there was a few schools that we got super dressed up for when they came to town to recruit us, yeah. and Notre Dame was one of us, one of them. So when I, when I look at the opponent, I'm excited just as a football fan. I, how did you feel about it? And, and obviously the game is one of the greatest. That I, I don't know that I'll ever watch another game like that in person. That's how <laughs> incredible it was. The emotional swings. All of it. How about that Fiesta Bowl? It was fantastic. You know, it started right, um, you know, the, the heartbreaking loss to Baylor. But it started right that moment, the next day, essentially, when you find out who your opponent is and what bowl you're going to be in. So when we found out the Fiesta Bowl versus Notre Dame, I mean, it was game on. It's time to start, you know, getting ready for these guys because what a wonderful opportunity to go play Notre Dame. And, you know, Coach talks about we've got a logo, too, for sure. And uh, Which was amazing. It is. One of the best things I've ever heard him say. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, but it was exciting. I mean, there's, there's no sugarcoating. It was exciting to play uh, Notre Dame in that game. And uh, so that helped us transition and get over that loss, I think, that much quicker and move forward into that Fiesta Bowl game. But, but uh, you know, once we got into the game and got things rolling, we had a couple of mistakes early. And, um, and everybody took their turn, you know, but there was no panic button. You know, went in at halftime, and, and uh, Sam, I remember, went in and said, okay, now pretty much everybody raise your hand, you know, and everybody raise your This is how many guys made a mistake and contributed to where we are right now. Right. You know, I mean, it was a errant throw. It was a drop pass. It was a, a missed block. It was a, a poor cut or decision, you know, at tailback. It was a, a missed down block by tight end, a bad call by the, by the coaches, you know, myself, whatever. But everybody had their part in it. Right. You know, and it was an easily, you know, fixable thing, you know. And, and in reality, it should, the score should have been a lot closer than what it was. When you go back and you watch the first half. 100% agree. Oh, my gosh, there are yeah. so many plays that should have been made, could have been made, whatever, situationally, and, and the game would have been much closer or should have stayed much closer than what it was. Um, and then the second half wasn't too far off of what the first half really was. It was just the plays got made, the whatever, right. you know. Locks were made. Something. Yeah, balls know? were and, caught. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden it just flipped. And um, 
and then the momentum was just unbelievable. The the shift yeah. in momentum and you know I the, got my hair standing up the back of my neck yeah. right now. It was incredible. Yeah, and the kids yeah. wanted to go fast. You know, you could hear them talk about it all the time. We want to play with tempo and we want to go fast. Let's keep attacking. And so we did it as coaches, and and the players responded as players and made plays. And and you know, a drop pass kills your momentum and tempo, but that completed ball and just an extra yard diving forward to move the chains and, and be able to line up again quickly and make the defense have to adjust quickly and just all those little things. You know, we still didn't – we didn't have huge plays, um, big explosive plays throughout the game. It was just right. it was just pieces just going down the field. I want to say we were still in a 10-play drive situation, you know. Right. And, and that's a lot of plays that have to be made to make that happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. One missed block – and the quarterback takes a sack, and you're off schedule. Right. One missed throw, one missed reception, and you're off schedule. Um, all that stuff just worked out for us, and we were able to put pressure on them. And, and uh, defensively, they were, you know, they were scrambling to line up, and it gave us some creases in there and allowed us to play like we want to play. I, uh, I'm sitting in the stands for that game. My kids and my fiance are sitting next to me. I'm obviously in a very poor mood. Uh, and it's so refreshing to hear Coach say what you said because I was in a bad mood because I was like, these dudes aren't doing what they've done all year long. Like, it was everything that you said was happening. And, and everybody's up there, Notre Dame's just outclassing him. Notre Dame's just a bit. I'm like, y'all don't know what you're looking at. No. Oklahoma State is bumbling and fumbling and doing everything in their power to get themselves here. The second half was – unbelievable as far as the energy the attitude of the team and they put foot to ass yeah. for two whole quarters and had me jumping up and down at the end of the game it was an emotional incredible unbelievable experience for Oklahoma State fans and awesome. we're thankful for it and yeah. I, I promise you that we are absolutely thankful for it thank you yeah I can't uh, the the overwhelming response that you know I got from texts and calls and guys writing in and all that stuff about that game was just I mean it does it makes you feel so good to be a cowboy and how those things worked out and the and just the the culture the resilience you know when we talked about going in at the end of the first half and I remember we brought him up and, and started talking about, hey, we score here, we get the ball back, first part of the second half, first drive of the second half. If we can put those two together, it's, it's game on. And that's exactly what happened. Our kids responded and made some huge plays. You know, Spencer on a big throw to, to Brennan Presley to, you know, start that um, last drive of the, first, of the second half – or the first half, sorry. Um, but that was huge right down the middle, and that just kind of kick-started it. And, and uh, everybody started believing from then on out and – and never let up. It was awesome. Last one, Coach. Yes, sir. In 2022, what is it to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy? Because for me, in 2000 and 2001 and 2002 and 2003, throughout my college career, uh, it was about toughness. It was about perseverance. It was about taking the fight to the opponent that many a time was that much better than us. Everybody thought mm -hmm. that we were – going to get run over because Oklahoma was great, Texas was great, Kansas State was great, and we weren't supposed to win a bunch of games, but we did. And so I always appreciated that lunch pail mentality that we had. When I watched this team this year, I got some of that. But I, for those recruits, for those parents, for those fans, I'm proud of Oklahoma State football and what they've accomplished. What does it mean today to be a Cowboy? I, mean, I think it means the same. It hasn't changed a whole lot. You know, the, the environment of Stillwater lends to that. You know, it's a small town. There's not a lot of distractions, not a lot of things for guys to go um, out and, and club it. You know, it's just, I mean, put it just like that. Um, 
So for our guys, you know, fun is hanging out with one another. Fun Absolutely. is getting together on a Saturday and going throwing the ball around or getting an extra workout in, and that's that's what fun is here. And and I think you see some of that show up on game day. You know, our kids love each other. I mean, they just do. You know, there's a and blue they look like attitude. it. Absolutely. And they they look like they play like it. You know, you see, we always ask ourselves this. You know, because some of the other schools out there that we compete against, you know, have top five classes every year, recruiting classes now. Um, you know, so you start wondering, you know, what the what the difference maker is in there. And, and I think that that's it. I think our kids are so close with one another, um, and they do more together. You know, they don't, they don't separate. They don't splinter out on the weekend and necessarily go home. Um, I think they stick around here and just enjoy Stillwater and enjoy one another. All right, Coach, I lied. One more fun one. <laughs> you are the coach that I see out the most because you and I have – we share something in common. The yeah. love of red dirt music. Yeah, yeah. The Turnpike Troubadours are back. I know. Life is good. Bro, <laughs> I turned 40 April 15th, and they're playing down in, in, uh, in Fort Worth on the 22nd. I'm trying to make that my birthday party, man. How exciting for the Turnpike Troubadours. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to see those guys. You know, my first year in here was 2011, and uh, it's been long now, going up on a dirty dozen. But <clears throat> the first group that I saw here was Turnpike, and it was at Joe's. That's amazing. It was, it was at Joe's. It was at Joe's. Yeah, that's awesome. The first time I saw Evan in particular was at a little bar outside of talk on the town called the Watering Hole. Like the kind of bar you go to to forget. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it wasn't like this was a hopping joint. There he was by himself on that stage picking that guitar. So very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, I man. appreciate it. It's been uh, it's been an incredible year. Good luck coming into the spring, and it starts all over again. Here we go. Right here we go. Can't wait. Yeah, we've got a uh, meeting today with the offense and uh, we're starting uh, a fresh look at 22 so awesome here's an opportunity for spencer sanders and the boys to create their own, own identity moving forward so that's awesome coach yeah. thank you so much thanks sam have a good one